Hello and welcome to Across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast, where on each and every episode we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. I am your host, Ryan Doz, and on today's episode, you will be listening to part three of our Jason Aaron retrospective, where we dig back into Thor, God of Thunder, volume three, The Accursed. For this part of our retrospective, I'm going to be joined by Haley Hobbs and Brian V. Klein from the Source Pages podcast. Be sure to go check them out when you have time after you've heard this part of our retrospective. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have a great conversation, and I'm so glad that we get to share it with you today. Before we jump into that part of our episode today, I wanted to make you aware of something, dear listener. Across the Bifrost has got some exciting news uh, that will uh, be up on our social media this week. At the beginning of April, we are going to be changing some stuff up. We're not going to be changing across the Bifrost. We're going to be adding to it. There's going to be some exciting news going up on our social media this week. So you're going to want to check us out on Instagram at Mighty Thor Podcast and on Facebook. Go look for our Across the Bifrost group. All the new exciting news will be up. The new news. Hmm. Interesting. Of course, what isn't all news new? Well, maybe not. I don't know. But <laughs> all of the information will be up there this week. Lots to look forward to in the future of the podcast. So you're going to want to go check that out. But be sure to go check it out after you've enjoyed this conversation with Brian and Haley from Source Pages. Here we go. Part three of our Jason Aaron retrospective The Accursed. Well, everybody, this is the third part of our Jason Aaron retrospective, and I'm really excited for this one. We're going to talk about the third volume of his run, uh, the story called The Accursed. So we're going to get some Malekith action, some Dark Elves. It's going to be great, a great good uh, uh, bit of fun. And for this, I've brought on two awesome guests that are a part of a podcast that I really enjoy, the Source Pages podcast. That's Brian V. Klein and Haley Hobbs. How's it going tonight, guys? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm I'm so excited that we finally get to do this because <laughs> we've been talking about Brian and I have been exchanging messages for a long time, and I'm just so right. stoked to have you guys here. Well, yeah, thanks for having us on. It's finally got the time to be able to do it and a good uh, run of stuff to talk about too. So, yeah, happy I, to be here. Bef- before we jump into the issues, I wanted to maybe maybe one of you wanted to take a crack at this, just explaining what Source Pages is, and uh, you know if, if listeners want to check out your show, what that what you guys do, what your aim is with that show. You want me to go ahead? Sure. Okay. Well, <laughs> it started about May and June of last year. We were talking to Stranded Panda Network, which is what we are a part of. Basically, is the home of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And so a bunch of us there that are admins and just friends of the group that we, you know, accumulated over time by, like I met Haley through the MCU cast, did a a weekly on Wednesday's trivia for MCU stuff. And we just became friends and we started talking about, you know, what we, we had this, this Jason of an idea for talking about the Dune novel for when the movie came out. It's just like, we were going to make it like a book club and so we were spitballing myself and Jay Scotty St. Clair, who's on the Animation Deliberation podcast that's on the network, who handles all like the action animated stuff, spitballing titles, this and that. And I was basically, because it was my, like, I was the one that basically was like spearheading it. And I talked to Haley anyway, so I'm just throwing stuff back and forth with her. We came up with the name Source Pages because the the moniker is, sports, uh, sorry, Source Pages, a reading collective. So it's Spark. Let's reading spark your imagination. Yeah. It actually started off, it was going to be the Stranded Panda Reading Club, but we didn't want to, you know, that's sort of, you know, in a nutshell type thing, the Stranded Panda. So we got rid of that so that we, you know, went out and put a call out and we got the name Source Pages. And then I'm going over stuff with Haley. And then finally, I'm just like, you want to do this with me? And then we just, we, our first episode was for comics, Black the, the Black Widow, because yeah. the movie was coming out. And be basically what it was is, we take comics or novels that are continuations, primers, or what's the other one? Source uh, material. Source material. 
So, you know, okay. for like the Hawkeye show, we did the the run of Matt Fraction, which they used yes. a lot of that in there. And the Eternals run, we did the one, the Neil Gaiman stuff. They pulled a lot from that. So then yeah. that's basically what it is, is that we're reading the stuff and we're talking about it. So because for all the stuff on our network, there was nothing that covered the comics yeah. on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast network. And so we're like, we get to read comics and talk about it. And we've done <laughs> like the, the novel thing sort of, which was funny, was that Dune was the first thing that we were going to do we did what was called a novel concept where myself and jay scotty had read it we talked about the first book and a half of the novel because the dune novel is broken into three books okay and it was just to explain to Haley because she didn't read it we were basically explaining the story to her so she could understand it more and basically it was just us recapping it so someone that hadn't read it knows the more like the bigger part of the story yeah and yeah. a lot of people actually said that after they listened to it it made watching the movie a little bit more less confusing because we explained a lot of the deeper stuff with the benny Gesserit and all the the more deep stuff and just yeah. all the plus it's it's just fun to i read a lot i um actually i quote unquote read a lot of novels i listen to them on <laughs> audible because i'm on i cycle a lot and i just have a lot of headphone time during the day same so. here man and so that's where you listen to podcasts listen to um the audible stuff and then from there it's now it's just become a a weekly thing that we put out we just did the finished the darth vader 2015 run that helped introduce a character dr afra who all signs are pointing she's going to be getting a bit more involved with the disney plus stuff yeah one of the characters that karen gillen introduced when she when he created Dr. Afra was Black Chrysanthemum, and he showed up in Book of Boba Fett. So yes, we're like, did. oh, my God, this is something that Kieran Gillen. OK, boom, they're going to do something with Afra. <laughs> and they also have if you guys don't do anything, you read the read the, the run because there is triple zero and BT one, which are assassin. Yes. Protocol droids and Astro or Astro. What was it? Astro rec droids. Blastomech. Oh, Blasto. Blastomech Blasto instead of Astromech. That's awesome. Because it's like an R2-D2 and a C-3PO, but they love killing and torture. Their counterparts. They, they've gone to the dark side. <laughs> to yeah. say. Pretty much. It's their programming. And it's so it's it's fun. But like I've said a bunch of times, my main thing is that I've been a Star Wars fan. I saw the original Star Wars movie in the theaters on my fourth birthday. And wow. so Star Wars is like my wheelhouse. Yeah. But so is Marvel. So is Tolkien. So is it's just I'm 100 percent just fully invested in a lot of stuff. Doctor Who is another <laughs> one that I love. And so, so and obviously you can tell from the fact that I've like hijacked this whole thing. I like to talk to you. So <laughs> well, is, what I've noticed is uh, so BVK's uh, resume is so extensive. Haley, I'd love to know, share with listeners a little bit like what got you like what piques your interest with source pages and then we'll get into our own type of source pages like dig into uh this jason aaron's story what, what's your kind of your origin story with comics books movies things like this yeah i've always been a big reader i loved reading and writing growing up but i like have really fallen off of it in my most recent adult years and in 2020 when agents of shield ended i was at home a lot still working from home and I was craving more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. content because I was sad the show ended so okay. I downloaded Marvel Unlimited and started reading comics and then kind of took a break again but when Brian and I became friends I was he and he was like you know do you want to do this like we can use this app and I'm like oh I have that app like I can totally <laughs> do this with you you know and so I love that it's gotten me back into reading and we're even going to dip into some Tolkien stuff with um, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power show coming so up, good. you know, reading just little snippets, not getting super into oh, you, you mean there, not going to but... do a full Silmarillion breakdown? Not like, a full one? one? <laughs> no, especially because that's not, I mean, we, we thought about doing like the uh, Anna Lindeley as sort of just like a, here's how their universe was created. Because the thing that's cool that I love about the show that's coming on is that there is the least amount of extra stuff out there written about this part of the second age yeah you know again i've read i've <laughs> i gave Haley. i bought a new or i got a new like triple edition hardbound 
all of Tolkien's collected stuff. So I had all the old stuff. So I gave it to Haley to give to her husband. And he started reading all the, because there's like 12 books of the histories and just all the anecdotes and the appendices, because the stuff with Tolkien, the stuff that we've seen in the six movies, it's probably maybe about 2% of what's out there. There's so much <laughs> lore. And it's just is like, the Silmarillion is great, but it's not prose. It's more like a textbook. Yes. So it tells you stuff. So it's very hard to, it would take a lot of, interpretation of the writer and director of what they actually want to do to make it into something that's less than, or that's more than just uh, like a textbook type feel. To yeah. It. It's not exactly a very, uh, it's not a fast read. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Especially like at the beginning when they're so naming all like the Einor and stuff like that. And it's five yeah. pages of just how they're all connected to each other. It's like, that could get kind of boring, but that's the kind of stuff I love. I love doing yeah. reading stuff like that and then making charts and like doing the lines <laughs> being like, so this falls under here and this is actually Gandalf, but he has three other names. And so this is what <laughs> these guys call him. And then, oh, it, it sort of doesn't get quite as bad as that like gift that they have of Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where he's got the board with the strings <laughs> yes. and everything like that. But I do that sometimes where I'll get sure deeply invested in something and be like, <laughs> oh my God, this is great. So. And this you, is where Brian and I like we balance so well on the podcast, I think, because I always say Brian does the heavy lifting and I do the highlights. And then you're like, <laughs> rein it in, buddy. Like, <laughs> well, and I so I'm I'm honestly I'm I'm glad I'm glad that your show exists because one of the reasons why this show exists is to dig into source material. And I've wanted to get your guys's voice and unique opinion on how you break down stuff with part of what I'm doing this year on this Thor show where I'm breaking down a whole run that's going to be instrumental in the upcoming love and thunder Thor film. So I, before, again, we've kind of preambled a little bit here, but I want to know kind of like your guys's history with Thor as a character. Is it largely from movies or maybe comics? Um, but before we dig in here, like where are you guys coming from in terms of Thor as a character? I Thor is one of Thor Love and Thunder is the movie I'm most looking forward to this year so yes he's a character I really love in the MCU but the MCU is mostly hold on yeah not a not a bad place <laughs> to start the MCU is mostly where I know him from so yeah um I I really I mean Chris Hemsworth he's the embodiment of Thor like you can't get any better than that right I don't know what we'll do if he's we, pretty perfect if and when we lose him right and so I these are really the first Thor centric comics we've read so far so awesome was, um, <laughs> they're pretty awesome. interesting pretty funny to get into but I think it was a perfect uh we meet a lot of Thors in this these runs too yes so we certainly do a good introduction to him what mine you, Brian? is he was always one of those characters which is kind of funny is I started reading Marvel comics back like in uh, probably like 82, 83. Okay. And there was a couple titles that I never really ever got into. And it was the Iron Man titles and the Thor titles. I don't okay. know why I liked when they showed up in things like the original secret wars. And actually the most recent secret wars with the Thor core was just Ooh. phenomenal. I love that. Speaking that was my great. language, man. But other than that, it was always just like, I never got that deep into any of the characters and stuff like that because and the, the funny thing is, is reading this stuff now is like, it does have a lot of the, the Tolkien type feel to it with the dark elves and the elves and yeah. the trolls and you know, but it was just like, it never, I, maybe I separated in my mind that it wasn't Tolkien. So it wasn't something I, you know, sought out because yeah. it was just like Thor was always, I don't know. I think if I said that it was more of a generic title in my mind might be a little okay. bit, a, a huge disservice. I never had anything against it. It just wasn't one of those things that was ever on my pull list when I was pull, uh, reading comics and getting them from unicorn comics here in town, but I would always see them and be like, Oh, I always loved the, the art. And I did had read, read some of the stuff about how Aaron, you know, Jason Aaron was just like the seminal guy that was yeah. his door stuff is just like, you know, and especially with the way that this ends, um, I wanted to ask is like the end of this, the yeah. 25th issue, does this, that, does this tie into original sin? Yes, it, it actually, okay. I'm glad you mentioned that because um, 
we've actually done a whole breakdown of original sin earlier on the show. Uh, we kind of did it out of order. Um, but original yeah. sin is where it's that transition point between Thor Odinson being worthy of the hammer. And then eventually uh, Jane Foster becoming worthy of the hammer, which is again, going to be a big part of the Thor love and thunder uh, film. So yeah, this is, it, it transitions really well to that next level in Jason Aaron's run on Thor. But um, thank you guys uh, for, for sharing that. I just, I, I really love two very different perspectives of the character. Um, and uh, I hope that it really helps, you know, our listeners, whether they're a new, whether they're a new enjoyer of Thor stories, maybe from the MCU, like Haley, or if you've been, you know, uh, uh, avoiding reading his comics since the eighties, uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully, Hopefully this Jason Aaron series uh, can really uh, capture everyone's imagination for the upcoming Thor film. I wanted to just uh, give a little bit of a synopsis of the issues we're going to cover on today's episode. And then uh, Brian and Haley are actually going to come back on the next part of our retrospective and talk about the fourth volume of Jason Aaron's run. But today we're going to talk about the third one. This is entitled The Accursed. And the synopsis for this volume goes something like this. It is the bloody return of Malekith the Accursed. The former Lord of the Dark Elves escapes his otherworldly prison, and the chase is on across the Nine Realms to capture him. Thor finds new allies to join his wild hunt. A Dark Elf sorceress, a gun-toting light elf, a gargantuan mountain giant, a dwarf who loves dynamite, and a particularly surly troll. But when one teammate falls... Will it end in war for the Nine Realms? As a traitor within the group strikes, Thor prepares to take drastic measures. Malekith stages his final bloody raid on Earth. Plus, what does it mean for, a, for Earth uh, to, for a God to walk on Earth? What does Thor do when he's not saving the world of the Avengers? It is the return also of Thor's longtime love interest, Jane Foster. So, there's a lot in these issues we're going to cover today. If you're following along on the Thor uh, God of Thunder series on maybe Marvel Unlimited, or if you have interest in getting this as a collected edition, these are issues 12 through 18 of Jason Aaron's Thor, Love and, uh, Thor God of Thunder series. So with that synopsis out of the way, uh, Brian and Haley, I just wanted to ask you guys, like first impressions of, of this of this story there's a lot here but i'd love to hear the things that jumped out to you and maybe we can pull at those threads and uh give our listeners some a little bit of a a little bit of a preview of this story so that maybe they can go check it out for themselves i thought it felt like the perfect adventure action adventure movie plot like yeah danger team up betrayal you know and then everybody finds their place at the end it was very it felt very like um i don't know saturday morning cartoons but in a great way Ooh. yeah i like that did yeah. you have like a a favorite was there like a favorite moment within the story for you uh Haley, that was like oh man like this is a really good part and uh because like you said you hadn't read a lot of thor comics going into this uh, mm -hmm. So I'm very curious to get your perspective as a, as a relatively new reader of Thor comics. I think I like the part, the best where the league is together and they're arguing about, you know, they're doing the classic, we can't get along, nothing's working, we're not communicating. And then when they flip it at the end and they have become a team and everybody's friends and just them saying that even though all of their races and breeds are, were, you know, born to hate each other they are now this little central group that will forever be bound by friendship and by battle and i don't know it's cheesy but i really liked that part as <laughs> my favorite scene in this first story arc we're <laughs> going to talk about tonight like, there's so many great lines i don't know if you guys have favorite lines from uh from these issues but a few of mine are when the when the dwarf uh says i know i sent this to you guys in the group chat but it's one of my favorite uh little lines where uh, he says that oh, all of his dynamite got taken away, so he had to he had to improvise and kill uh, one of the dark elves with a candy cane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> of all of all the things, a candy cane? Seriously, uh, a sturdy as, candy cane. <laughs> uh, 
right and you see you see it like at the bottom of the little panel there um that actually brings up a, a a good point we'll come back to the league of realms which is thor's little squad here that the that the congress of all the nine realms is put together to track down malekith but brian what were some of your like things that jumped out to you from uh, this uh, cursed storyline i thought the character of malekith was really well written too because he came across as being just like that eight that the typical bad guy leader who's sort of like every time they seem to have a reason to you know oh he's like oh no i'm not doing it like that like he was he's got that mentality of i'm not doing the wrong thing for the right reason i'm just doing it for our people because you know even when they said it's like well you're killing your own people well yeah because they don't want me anymore so yeah you know i was gone and although i thought that was kind of funny that beginning part when they did their mission to um get him out of hell yeah. where they were it was like a mission impossible thing and they're like <laughs> we can only take this the valkyries will only it'll only be for a second and i'm like you guys have been there for about 20 minutes i think and <laughs> it's what do you while, do guys. it's been a while and then they're just like <laughs> i'm thinking okay if this is their most like like evil prisoner there <laughs> seem kind of easy, but it's like, you know, it's plot devices and stuff like that. But exactly. Just like you're saying, the dysfunction they had in the group. Um, even I think my favorite moment too, is when they realized that Thor didn't kill the troll and he comes back and they're like, yes, because That's I don't even twist. think, he, I didn't even think that he didn't do it. Cause they're like, we just found him wandering around and, <laughs> That it was just like, because there was a bunch of twists too. That's the thing I like too. When Thor was all yeah. like, "You're the traitor! You're the traitor! You're the traitor!" and it was just like, "Oh, Thor's the traitor because he's got this worm thing that he, you know, Malekith. <laughs> what did he like stick it in his meat one bugged. time? Yeah, he, yeah. he literally Man got bug style. <laughs> yeah, the like Brian alluded to. There, there's a lot of twists and turns in this story, so uh what ends up happening so just listeners so you know there's a lot in this story and i would encourage you to go read it for yourself uh but just kind of a, a bird's eye view of what happens in this story is malekith starts going throughout the nine realms killing dark elves everywhere killing his own people because he views his own race as becoming weak in his absence and he's disgusted by it and he wants to be that strong leader once more and of course thor and the gods of asgard can't they can't let this happen so they start trying to track him down and they send this league of realms uh to go track down malekith but malekith is always one step ahead and they can't figure out why they think there's a traitor in their midst and at one point like brian referenced thor is seen to what we believe kill a member of the league of realms and i thought that was kind of nuts because you know from from even what we what we know about thor it's like that seems a little drastic and a little hardcore did you guys get that feeling when you were reading like oh no maybe he's gone too far he seemed like in this one i was thinking well he must be like thor at the beginning of the first thor movie where he's very headstrong and reckless and so i kind of bought in i mean i totally bought into i was like I, mean, I thought it was over the top <laughs> yeah but i totally bought it a little it. much <laughs> yeah that's just this feeling i get from thor and a lot of this run is the aaron run is that he is very bullheaded in a sense yeah when it comes to a lot of the stuff because at first yeah the way that it starts off is that it is showing him almost more like the what if thor where he's just partying and drinking and just <laughs> being that party thor type of character and then his mom steps in and sort of is just like you know we got to <laughs> We've got this problem here now. And one of the things that we uh, glance over part of their party too, is this female dark elf that at the yes. beginning, Malekith has her sort of like on a, in a hostage situation and he just like rips her arm off. And so it's hardcore. Yeah. And we th- they thought it was her sometimes too, as being the plant where it's just like, well, you seemed a little too cozy and you know, it's just, Oh, you just had to sacrifice your arm to, you know, just squash this whole thing. So yeah, it was a lot of the argument. I did really enjoy the light elf that was the cowboy that he oh just my had gosh. the, the freaking six shooters and the hat, and it was just like <laughs> yeah, that was, was just great. ridiculous, but it was so fun. He may have the best name. His name is Sir Ivory Honeyshot. Yeah. <laughs> like I need him to show up in his own comic right now. <laughs> like 
he was so like he's kind of like a three musketeer but all yeah. but also like a cowboy gunslinger oh, it was yeah so great because he had so the great. duster but everything was like that really like dirty white beige like yes. cream color so he was very like it's like he was the exemplifying the you know the the, the white you know how it's like the bad guys wear the black hats and yeah. the good guys wear the white hats but he yep. was just like almost too like pretty looking with the uh, very much the, like the three musketeers is a good comparison is it athos or aramis that he's more like i don't know but it's one of them and yeah that i was i don't even know the lot. names of the three musketeers so you already got athos, me beat athos, there athos aramis and the well in that the league of realms which i'm kind of glad you guys have joined us for this because the league of realms was something even i was unaware of you know before this this is actually their first appearance this is the first time they show up in thor comics and it involves a lot of characters that like we mentioned with sir ivory Honeyshot. i will never get tired of saying that <laughs> um this is the first appearance of all of these characters and oh nice uh so the the league of realms uh for for those of you listening is a collection of representatives from all around the nine realms and they're all banded together to stop malekith from extinguishing the dark elves um and because it's you know because it's a comic book you know they originally uh, they don't get along and that's where Haley referenced the issue where they all go to the bar in alfheim and they have all i mean i've got the page open on my ipad it makes me laugh just looking at it because they have that you know uh, opposites attract kind of bonding experience. Uh, but the, the League of Realms consists of uh, Sir Ivory Honeyshot, who we've, we've mentioned uh, already, the dwarf uh, Screwbeard, who uh, Screwbeard, loves dynamite. Yeah. Um, we have the mountain troll Augie, uh, who he does not speak. He's not not so much with the words. And uh, Ud, Ud the troll, he is... Uh, very trollish he doesn't doesn't like the gods at all he's instantly skeptical of everybody else and i'm going to try and get her name right um but the dark elf that brian alluded to uh lady waziria she is the representative from the dark elves and uh she instantly has everybody you know on edge because she is part of the same race and group as the person they're trying to track down and she's immediately singled out as you know a, a traitor candidate uh but of the five members uh, of the league of realms like who who jumped out to you I, we've already kind of talked about uh sir ivory Honeyshot several times but like who who else jumped out to you and maybe why did th these brand new characters resonate with you Screwbeard is forever I was gonna say screwbeard. in my yeah. mind because his hand got chopped off. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, yes, his hand get chopped. Oh my god. That was a funny scene too, because he had the dynamite in his hand and the one elf like pinned the hand and they're yes. just like, get his hand free. And I think it was Og just came and went and chopped his hand off instead. Like, yeah. oh, there you go. <laughs> and then just you still have to run away because the dynamite's still in the hand. <laughs> yeah, because they were like they were like, we're gonna try to defuse the thing. I was like, nope, easier situation, just cut it off. Okay. <laughs> Next. Hey, it's not a perfect partnership, but it worked. No. <laughs> you know, to his credit, he was pretty kind to him afterwards. I would have been really upset. <laughs> yeah. And he spoke like in a really broken, yeah, like his, his, yeah. it was very broken English and sort of like almost like a like a maybe like a three or four year old would speak where yeah. it's a lot of just like missing words and stuff like that but you get the point of what he you know he just did like yeah. blowing things up and didn't trust like he always it's i think at the one point when they were jumping back and forth between who they were thinking was the traitor whoever was sort of getting the most uh suspicion thrown at him he was just like yeah that guy He's like oh no <laughs> but yeah that guy so i was like He's a little simple, okay. but we like yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. He's a little simple, but we like him. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a perfect description uh, of of Mister Screwbeard. Uh, the the uh, tension between the group of who's the traitor, who's the traitor, uh, that comes to its uh, pinnacle when you find out that Thor got bugged and he was actually the traitor, and you think that Malekith has gotten one over on them and then you realize that thor actually got one over on malekith who thought that he had gotten like this whole <laughs> kind of 
um you know chess uh, match <laughs> yeah exactly it's a chess match towards the end and it ends with a fight between the league and the dark elves that are loyal to malekith and thor tries to do this thing where he tries to appeal to the dark elves uh to appoint a king that can unify them a king or a queen that can actually unify them and then thor and malekith fight and we get a kind of a, another you know a curveball on top of a curveball towards the end where the dark elves stop the fight and they say we've decided who we want to be our king and it's malekith mm-hmm. so as you're reading this what it's like you you've invested five issues in this story already when it gets to that end like what what was your thoughts on them being like oh okay uh that's different uh that i guess that was the reaction i had what did you guys think about that conclusion i guess because thor is not a fan of it and i'm just curious as to what you guys oh no he did not like that at all and he was just (laughs) screaming because even at that time because at this time um what is exactly freya's role she is in charge of the she's basically like the lady that's in charge of like the the night now she's um is she acting queen or isn't she yeah so at this point in thor comics there uh the 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 kingdom of asgard is ruled by a triumvirate uh you know group uh the all mothers and she she's kind of this the the head mother of the of the little council there so she calls the shots mother superior (laughs) (laughs) what was it what what did we didn't we read a comic run that had her in it with that role was that in Original Sin? Um, probably because I we remember read Original all that. Sin, and there's like that little side alley story that is connected to this. The one tenth realm. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. we were cause we did actually uh, the we covered Original Sin as our Awatu the Watcher primer, oh, just to awesome. get him because it started off with you know, and that actually is our most list. I think that's our biggest like our number one episode of downloading really ever so now. Um, but give Batman it, some time. <laughs> it'll probably get there but when he was just uh, he had the same thing the same thought i had was just like well he escaped prison he's got to go back exactly and then Freya's just like well no we could kind of commute his sentence <laughs> also if he has a proxy maybe and then lady w whatever her name is, is was like, i'll do it and then they're like okay this ties it up in a bow and it's like so he's in charge now what yeah. okay when well I that she was going to be his proxy i was like oh he's gonna go back to prison and she'll rule in his stead and then i read it again i was like no she's going to prison for him this sucks this sucks <laughs> she lost an arm and is taking this place in prison <laughs> yeah well and even the, the, yeah, lo- the, the win-win logic, um i don't know if you call it logic maybe insanity uh where she's like hey if 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 they all agree and they're in agreement, then that at least we're not fighting each other and it's like, right. yeah, but he's he's a genocidal maniac. <laughs> right. I think they, it's another thing that probably got them to agree on him is that they were just scared to death of him. And they're just like, all right, he'll unite us because he'll unite us all under a fear all umbrella. Fear. <laughs> yeah. It's like, at least okay. we'll all be scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then at the same time, you've got Thor and all those other people being like, okay, we're going to figure out a way to just not have this keep going so i mean it was very real politics really oh yeah yeah you know that's a that's an interesting uh i I guess i never thought about that the politics of nine of nine realms of very powerful beings and malekith you know malekith has a clear path where he's like no everyone's weaker than me and i'm stronger that's why i should rule and i mean whether it's a, a righteous motivation or not at least it's clear um you know he, he has a very uh, distinct view of everybody else and um and that you know down the road in jason aaron's run uh it all of this ends with a story called the war of the realms which mm-hmm. was alluded in the issues that we read and malekith is the central figure in that whole conflict that ends the the whole thing so Malik is a he has a clear motivation the whole way through, and it's just nuts that he gets to be king at the end of this. It's yeah, it's just a it's a little so off-putting. It's, yeah, it's sort of like getting the uh, 
the loser of a war just like all right here you go you can keep your land and everything's all good and be like sorry <laughs> really but, but it's also again, like, it, it's good storytelling yeah, yeah they yeah. were while they were fighting especially on jotunheim there were places they couldn't enter because they weren't allowed to because that would start another war and so yeah they, they really did bring in real world politics where you get a leader in place that the rest of the world though is, isn't good but there's no real reason why you can't let them be in place because the country has allowed it or voted on it or whatever yeah. you know however it's happened maybe by force but right i think jason aaron did that good in both of these stories is where he used a simple mechanism of we know you're powerful we know you can do this but here's the reason why we're not going to allow you to do it because oh, it's going yeah, to affect yeah. other because there's another thing in the in the next run too where it was just like something as simple as the act they did to thor caused him to be like well crap my hands are tied now mm -hmm. yeah and it's just like again political machinations make it to where if you're smart you're not going to yes they could have went and destroyed and done whatever but now you're going to have another problem with this conflict with you know, pissing off the frost giants or getting more people involved where it's just like, you don't want to do that. So it's sort of like the, you know, the, 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 the needs of the many outweigh the needs of Thor. So <laughs> on how do you hog tie a God? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Slap him with some politics. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. Thor runs into more red tape in, yeah. this, in this stint of comics than anything I've ever read. <laughs> It's no, I was I was trying to I was alluding to the thing that happens in the next one because it'll be that was one of those things too when we were talking earlier and I mentioned yeah. it and I'm just like this wow <laughs> that this okay and it, it, it made for great storytelling yeah yes it's sort it, of it, just like no oh, okay way to way to slap a slap a god with a no trespassing sign <laughs> yeah um, pretty much it's like you can't do this why okay because uh, we have a piece of paper that says yes so. <laughs> we'll sue your people into oblivion i don't know <laughs> like, yeah there's yeah you're not going to do this because think about all the paperwork and red tape you're going to have after the fact legal fees yes <laughs> i'm gonna be tied up in court forever <laughs> <laughs> i do love this, alluding to our next part in this retrospective i do love who shows up as thor's lawyer though oh yeah um, yes that made me very happy because I love that character so much. Um, I wanted to very, very timely too. So mm -hmm. very timely, very, very timely. I did want to highlight a conversation uh, towards the end of, uh, of the accursed storyline after Malekith basically gets off scot-free, um, you know, uh, and he's, I found it interesting that he is, he is his coronation happens right there in front of Thor and it's a crown of thorns. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, Jason Aaron is, uh, is, he loves throwing uh, spiritual or religious imagery into his stories. And I thought that was a very like, oh, oh, this is kind of sick and twisted. It's got um, a double meaning to it. Yeah. yeah um, but after that, Thor and Ivory sit and have a conversation on the balcony that I thought was just maybe uh, worth a little bit of a, a deeper um, exposition uh, for us where ivory says of uh, this, these dark elves, one could go quiet. One could go quite mad trying to understand their ways. Thor says, Oh, I understand them quite clearly. They have played me for a fool. Ivory says you saved lives. Thunder God. Do not doubt that you ended the bloodshed. Thor says, I, I am the God who saved the elves and doomed all else with Malekith as King, whatever peace we have won will be short lived. And I assure you, no world will be safe. Least of all Asgard. Ivory says, perhaps, but if trouble comes again, you know, the league will have, will uh, be with you to face it. You forged a brotherhood between beings who were raised all their lives to despise one another. Do not discount that. If there is everlasting peace made between the realms, they may say that it began with us, with you. Thor ends with, and once war comes, where will they say that began? So this, there's a, there's a theme here uh, throughout this volume that I just wanted to get your guys' opinions and insights on. This theme of unity, where 
The League of Realms is very, very different people, historically opposed people who are brought together for a common goal. And Ivory at least thinks in this moment that it could be, they could be the symbol that provides unity for all the nine realms. And Malekith was, he was interested in uniformity. He wanted everybody to get in line so that he could call the shots. And, you know, <laughs> maybe drawing on real world uh, examples, but at times like people love, you know, disunity. And over the last few years, there's been a lot of talk of like, let's just get, get unified. And I found this story very, I don't know, timely. I don't know if that's the right word, way to say it, but like this theme of unity uh, coming out here. Did you guys see that? Did you have any maybe insights about that towards the end of this story? I think it focused on the fact that it was going to be kind of like a, uh, a troubled and very fragile, you know, like partnership between everybody, because again, it was based off of the fact that they were all together to try to stop something, which they stopped the end result from happening, but they didn't basically, it was almost like they, they stopped the cancer, but they didn't cut it out. So he's still, he's still in place. So I don't think there's going to be any kind of peace when the main part is still out there. The peace is still on the board. Malekith might just be like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing this for the good. No, he's just, he's a, you know, he just is uh, uh, an agent of chaos pretty much. He just wants to have, his way and it's going to get to the point where and again i'm not going to try to bring this into like real world politics yeah. that we're dealing with right now yeah. if they have a vision they want to do no matter what everyone else says they're going to do it and so with yeah. malekith being still there that fragile alliance is not going to it, it could end up causing i think it will end up causing more harm down the road because you didn't take the main player off the board yeah for now that's sort of just like okay it's it's like a timeout it's pretty much, yeah, it's like a timeout. It's like a, a, a pausing of the action. But, you know, if you get rid of all the things, you know, you never want to see a movie where it's, you know, the Avengers sitting around cleaning their the, the, the base for two hours because that's not an action. That's, that's not interesting. Some people might like it, but for the most part, they'll be like, what are we watching here for? So, yeah, you have to keep, <laughs> you have to keep something interesting on the board for them to be able to write about. I can't believe we're watching this. <laughs> yeah. Like really, I would it's probably like, watch that. Yeah, <laughs> in context, okay. Think about the end of the Avengers when they're sitting around eating shawarma. Shawarma, <laughs> but that was brought up as like a. You guys want to get shawarma yeah. afterwards? You want, it was sort of brought up as a thing, but otherwise, it's just like you got to have something that's <laughs> behind. I mean, unless it's just like, okay, you get to have a whole episode of you know the Avengers TV show with who put the coffee grounds in the uh, the yeah. you know the the sink type thing. Oh, that's a Hulk thing, 100. percent Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I and I just ask because uh, so often uh, comics comics can also can be a form of escape, but they can also uh, inform you know real world things. So that was just one of those things I thought you know the the nine realms of Asgard uh, and the World Tree are they're so different, and finally the League of Realms is shown as an example of like oh this is what we could be this is you know for for so many millennia we have fought each other and the league of realms like oh that's it's aspirational like that's what we could be uh so i just thought that was a i thought it was a good example maybe worth some further uh um further detail so um did you guys have any other oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say the league of realms was a thing that seems like it was born out of necessity for a cause for them to you know to stop Malekith and like yeah. that but if they end up not having a clear-cut mission it could end up being like well call me when something needs to be done which oh, happens okay, a yeah. lot of time it's just like otherwise it's like no you want to keep the peace you don't want to you know bring it back when it starts crumbling you just end up keep building bridges to do what needs to be, have that, that that same result if you're complacent sometimes complacency works great because it's it's nothing's happening yeah as far as them internally we don't have to see it or read about it but if that key piece is kept it's sort of like then the end result is or the ends justify the means then on it because they yeah. let malekith back in it sort of quelled everything and if it stays that way 
Okay, good. But they can't go after, you know, if it's going for a hundred years, nothing happens. And they're just like, well, I guess we don't need to have this league anymore. And <laughs> exactly. then they start falling apart. And that's when Malakit the whole time. It's like, it's a long game. Boom. And then <laughs> he comes so back long. and they're just like, Oh, we're not prepared for this. So, <laughs> you know, because feeling from the from the prison scene we get earlier in this story Malekith he's willing to wait he's oh, willing yeah. to wait <laughs> yeah. for the right time right so i as we kind of uh end, end the conversation on this volume the accursed story where Malekith is thwarted again by the league of realms along with uh thor uh it kind of is the first the opening volley in Malekith's war on the nine realms that is the culmination of jason aaron's run but i wanted to hear just any final thoughts you guys had on this uh, arc and um yeah uh what uh what your takeaways from this story specifically were well i have to call out the very first issue where thor okay. does talk to jane oh and thank it's the you. only time we see her in this particular volume yes um and he's just finding out she has cancer and they have a lot of really poignant conversations but my favorite of course is her comment after he calls her a brave woman because she's you know refusing any kind of cosmic treatment he might be able to come up with and she says nope just a regular woman this is what women do and i thought that was awesome (laughs) oh my goodness i love jane so much she is and this is really the i'm glad you i'm glad you highlighted that haley because i almost forgot about um that little one shot issue where nothing really happens per se uh to do with malekith but jane is set up as a figure who's like she's going through something that's intense and arduous and she's choosing to do it the midgard way um and of course uh we know if you know anything about the context of Jason Aaron's Thor, you know, what's coming, but at the time, like when these issues were coming out, we had no idea, had no idea what she would become. And, um, you know, I'll show you guys this cause I show everybody this when they come on the show, but this eventually happens. That's so cool. <laughs> um, this, this, this is, this is one of my prized comic possessions. Um, because, uh, I think Jane is such a great picture of strength um, and going above and beyond. Um, but th- <laughs> that is an awesome scene where they're just talking on the, the porch at her house. And her boyfriend's not uh, digging it very much either. It's like, <laughs> like, how am I going to well, compete? Then he flies her? her to the moon, a la Frank Sinatra. And what? how can you compete with that? It, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Thor's such a show off and he knows it. <laughs> <laughs> he comes by it naturally i love in the the, the second part that we're going to talk about uh where he's like are they jane talks about her current status with uh walter and thor refers to him as like ah walter seller of real estate seller of real estate yeah <laughs> so funny. brian was there any final thoughts for you and then we'll, we'll wrap up uh part three of the retrospective i did enjoy overall the the tone of the story had a lot more humor in it too it always is great to lace and that's what i like telling people about even like the mcu you got something that is very serious this whole if you look at it the whole even like the name of it the accursed and what the story is you still got to be able to throw in lighthearted enough moments even just the interplay between the people in the league and stuff like that and they, they do that well with the movies too so it's not just always like you know I'm not going to bash on DC, but a lot of times their movies can be very stoic and dour and don't even have mm-hmm. lightheartedness. This one did have a lot of times where I was actually chuckling and being like, Oh God, that's, <laughs> you know, again, yes. even the, so what happens in the second one, it's just like, you got to be able to have that levity between the things to make it interesting overall. So it's, it, it keeps your interest in it. And yeah. Jason Aaron, I'd, I've liked him in a lot of other stuff he's done. Did he do a bunch of Dr. Strange stuff too? He did. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's where I know a lot of him from is writing with Dr. Strange as well. So he did an know. excellent, uh, an excellent story um, that um, listeners, if you're going to be, you know, uh, checking out uh, Dr. Strange stuff for the multiverse of madness, a great story of Jason Aaron's with that is the way of the weird where Jason Aaron digs into what does magic cost? 
because for so long in Doctor Strange's history, magic didn't really cost anything. And you find out like what the true price you have to pay to be the Sorcerer Supreme is. So that's a great Jason Aaron uh, issue that I would highly recommend. But yeah, he's a good he's a good writer to have in their stable. Well, that is going to do it for part three of our Jason Aaron retrospective. I want to thank Haley and Brian for stopping by. They're going to be back for part four in a few weeks where we're going to dig into the last days of Midgard. It's going to be a great story. Galactus is going to show up. There's going to be a mm. Minotaur. Uh, my favorite Thor villain, Ulick the Troll, is going to show up. So there's a <laughs> lot to look forward to in part four. And we'll see you when we get there. That is going to do it for the episode today, everybody. We hope you enjoyed part three of our Jason Aaron retrospective with Brian and Haley from Source Pages. Be sure to go check them out. Enjoy uh, the work they do over at Source Pages, getting people ready to go see the movies and enjoy the TV shows that various companies have coming out around comic book characters, sci-fi characters, fantasy characters, really just Anything in the world of, of nerd film and shows, they'll get you ready for. They do a great job over there. So go check out Source Pages and enjoy the work that they are doing. Before we leave today, I just want to remind you to be watching our social media this week for that announcement. We are going to be expanding the podcast in some really cool, I believe, innovative ways. And I think you're going to enjoy that announcement those of you that follow the show and just want more of the style of content that we are producing here on the show, everything's about to get a lot bigger, everybody. So we hope that you are along the ride with us on this new aspect, this new, uh, how we say, this new part of our journey. Until we see you aboard the Bifrost next time, everybody, I encourage you to stay worthy.